Hello and welcome back to Fan Critical's coverage of The Walking Dead. It's Season 9, Episode 4, The Obliged, directed by uh, Rosemary Rodriguez. Nice work. We've had another interesting and mixed episode this week, um, following up on some of the plot lines, getting some worthy Walker gore and not leaving too many gaps, which is uh, working nicely Mm. on our consistent series so far. So luckily, our missing saviour wasn't executed by the Oceanside crew. John's back! Hello. It's a shame, isn't it? I was hoping he was gone, to be fair. So was I. Ancillary (laughs) character. Literally the most unenthusiastic return to a podcast of all time. Brilliant. Um, I'm buzzing to be back, obviously. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And ever faithful to the fan critical content. I I won't compare him to Father Gabriel again. Uh, But Len's here too. Uh, Hi, Em. I'm back. I'm back. I'm always here. The mainstay, if anything. Can't get rid of you, to be honest. It's Um, your mic. Very good point. (laughs) And laptop. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, And I'm your host, Emma. So uh, first up, here's a spoiler warning. Uh, We will be discussing events and characters up to and including season nine, episode four in this podcast. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, Mm. logical. As well as storylines and characters from the comics in Comic Corner at the end. But don't worry, if you want to avoid those spoilers from the comics, you can just switch off when we get there. We'll give you ample warning and there'll even be a little musical interlude. Uh, so for starters, I'm going to get some overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, John, you've been away for a couple of weeks, so tell mm. us what you thought about this one. Give us your blueberry score <clears throat> and explain how it works for any new listeners. All right, so I can't believe we're still explaining the blueberry score, to be honest. It has to be done. It's 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 a, it's admin that needs to be done, John. Annoys yep. me. Like but anyway, you, uh, we score a blueberry zero to five blueberries. Nothing's ever got zero. Um but I'm hoping one of the episodes in this season might. It might be next week. Oh, um, God. Bloody hope not. There are no halves in a blueberry scale. So none of this three and a half, four and a half nonsense. It's a firm but fair scale. Mm. Um, I'm going to give this episode three blueberries. I was very, very close to giving it a two. Oh, wow. Um, really? Based on the end. Ba- based on, uh, you know, a very famous hero. Uh, Suddenly being extremely clumsy on a horse, yeah. pretty much killing himself. Yeah. Like, pathetic. <laughs> if he goes out like that, pathetic. It's like when you're playing Call of Duty and you so, just cook a frag too long. Oh, man. Or, or like your controller died or something. Yeah, like, it's what's, like, what is this? I've survived on this game for about 150 hours yeah, and now oh, I'm dead. Why has that happened? So I'll, I'll give it a free. I think there were some pretty decent um, parts to it. And look, I, I haven't been here for the last uh, two episodes. I would have give. Episode one, oh, sorry, episode two of three, and episode three of two. Two bloobs. Yeah, well, no I mean, halves. your opinion. Nice, this is firm not, bloobs. Not Firmy. a dictatorship. <laughs> um, a rictatorship. Yeah. That won't last long. Season oh. two. Um, but look, I, 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 it's been better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think the storytelling is a lot better this season. Yeah. Uh, the episodes, they kind of make sense. They it's flow. not just. Yeah, there's, mm. there's no filler nonsense. Well, there's a couple of scenes, but other than that, there's a couple of scenes, nowhere but... near as much. Nowhere yeah. near as much garbage. So yeah, oh, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, um, don't get me started on that. Awful. But yeah, so it's a free bloobs. Um, I'm going to follow you uh, on that, John. I'm also going to give it three blueberries. Um, it's been another good episode. A couple of bits <clears> that mm, didn't quite hit the hit the spot, shall we say. But actually, I mean, like you said, so far the season's been consistent. It's been consistently good in my opinion mm. um i keep i want i want to get to the next episode and see what's happening they're not throwing us loads of stuff that isn't answered and we're going to wait a season and a oh, half for yeah. it 
not I mean not like we have had in the past mm. um, so yeah three three blueberries for me mm. Len what about you you know I dared to, to dream uh, that there would be four episodes in a row uh, that had some sort of consistency and consistency is what we've got we've got uh, stuff that is working extremely well the way that they've sowed the discontent between the groups is consistent and there's nothing like just jumping out crazy you know there uh, I'm very happy with the dialogue I'm happy with the writing it's much more on point I'm happy that certain characters are getting more dialogue like Daryl and like Jadis uh, no. we call her Anne or has she gone back to Jadis who knows I'm happy with it I'll give it a three blueberries which means I've been pretty much consistent across the board I think this whole season has been a three up to this point <laughs> as an average uh, which is you know I think for the for a show like The Walking Dead which has struggled for the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. this is a good average for them I mean that yeah. It's, it's a shame about the viewing figures, but I'm hoping that, you know, if they keep keep this consistency, hey, if the, if it's good for the first half of this season, I think a lot of people will dive back in. And I'm pretty sure that next week's viewing figures will be pretty high because it's a yeah. it's going to be a television event of some some sort. So I'm happy. Three blueberries. Good job, Rodriguez. So... <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your enjoyment of this podcast, but this is the little advert section. If you're enjoying this, we've got loads of other great content on our Fan Critical channel, including some upcoming coverage of the new instalment Halloween this week. We've also got some great content on our other stream, or our child podcast, shall we say, Castle Rock Critical, where we cover all things Stephen King. You can tune in to our retrospective reviews of Cujo and Pet Cemetery, and even our upcoming podcast on Misery for our take on the books and their film adaptations. So if you are enjoying this content, please do subscribe and send us a review. You can find us on all of the major podcasting apps, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc., etc. So now, back to The Walking Dead. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Right, so let's talk about some of the things that we liked and uh, didn't like so much in this episode. Uh, Len, let's, let's kick off with you. What have you got, mate? My biggest positive is something that I threw out on social media earlier last week after the episode, where at the end of last week's episode... Dowell and Maggie seemingly once again were going to go against Rick and um, you know it seemed like they were going to possibly kill him so what I put out there on social media across a load of the Walking Dead groups um, and we had quite a lot of responses again so thank you very much for that was you know will they betray Rick will will they be the reason that he is killed Mm. a lot of very interesting responses it was pretty much a 50 50 split as a lot of these questions that we put out there are because some diehard fans are are firmly behind certain characters at this point and they don't believe any of the motivations and i Mm. i think the thing is we can't trust the writers like there's so much mistrust there because of the zigs and the zags (laughs) that they've done um, that you can't even back them on certain character beats like the end of last season when they had that dark scene in the room questioning Rick there that was so weird because it's so against those characters I know I can understand Maggie but Jesus wouldn't have been in that room and Daryl and he's the complete opposite of that this season yeah exactly it's like they want us to forget that ever happened exactly It's, it's all just gone a bit mental yeah so my biggest positive of the episode is actually the fact that uh that when Daryl and uh Rick part ways um, they have some nice words to each other. Mm. Um, and we'll come on to a bit of that scene, I'm sure, in the hole in a bit. But I'm just happy <laughs> that it looks like Daryl is not going to be stabbing Rick in the stomach or anything stupid like that. Mm. So for me, that is the biggest positive. I understand what John's saying about um, 
the end of the episode and how silly it is in a way. Clumsy, man. It is clumsy. It, well, literally in both senses of the word. Well, but let's face it, I would take that over a mass betrayal because that would hurt, that would hurt me. That would really hurt me. Yeah, but a mass betrayal could work. Like, I don't know, like a Julius Caesar-esque thing, like what they do in Rome. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, fucking hell, this is brutal. I can't believe they've done this. Yeah. I'd much rather that than he slips over in the shower and he's dead. I'm like, oh, what well, is that? Well, I'm kind of hoping that, and it will, we can talk about it now because it's the biggest shock of the episode, um, that, that he will not, you know, he's not, someone will rescue him. Now, either someone rescues him or whisperers take him. Mm. Now, that would be very possible. They've got two herds uh, converging. We know how the whisperers work. Mm. Uh, you've seen them in the promo stuff, all trailers and stuff like mm. that. There is a very strong chance that he is going to be rescued and then die another way. But that wound, let's face it, how many times is the man going to get shot, He's been shot stabbed? and been fine. He's been shot about 20 times, mate. And you're living in a post-apocalyptic world where things like tetanus tetanus and infections and they've only got like Sadiq as a doctor and they only got him recently. So he's a miracle man. So you never know. We have had some other doctors. They've still got ibuprofen. That fixes everything. Apparently so, yeah, yeah. Not if you're allergic to it. Well, imagine dying like that. Yeah. Oh, Rick, we got you some ibuprofen. Oh, fuck, he's allergic. I actually think that might be the most powerful ending for him. (laughs) And that's it. We've written the ending of The Walking Dead. Um, okay, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this. If the Whisperers come in and rescue him, and then he dies later, fair, right? So I've been reading Misery over the last uh, week or so in preparation for a podcast I'm now not on. Um, but it is <laughs> it is about um, you apparently. A lot of it's about novel writing, and one of the things that Morgan come talk- to my heart, <laughs> please. <laughs> please now don't compare me to Annie Wilkes um but a lot of it's about novel writing and and the challenges of making things surprising but still believable and and this is one of the problems that The Walking Dead has had in the past is that it's thrown in things that make no fucking sense and every time someone's about to get bitten uh Daryl's arrow just flies in the zombie's head yeah, Literally you know, very twi- twice this season. Of belief. Or like, or Rick's hatchet, hatchet <laughs> or something. So I'm hoping that they don't do that with this because I think it would be a real shame to just come in with something utterly ridiculous because there is nobody around here that's obvious what any of our crew. No. So the Unless only... Daryl tracked back because he was concerned about Rick. But how would he have got through the walkers? Uh, that makes no sense. It's still yeah. not logical. Yeah, I'm thinking... So I'm... it's got to be the Whisperers as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Otherwise, it's and I'm, stupid. And I'm not saying they rescue him. They aren't the most kind group i mean but they'd it, take him they'd take him yeah. and i i'm pretty sure that wound does look pretty fatal like it's probably for his liver or his kidneys i mean it's game also, over i'm not a doctor but you know i'm slightly concerned he might have broken his back that was the thing that i thought when he first hit that bit of rock was that he's broken as, his back as soon as i saw two herds i was like get off the horse because first of all you could just jump over that fence back there and just mm. run and you yeah. can still lead them all now you can't and they'll get trapped to leave the horse Game over, man. Did he not learn from episode one where that guy went back to get the horse? Leave the horse. Leave the horse, man. Can I help the horse over the fence? Do the thing that... (laughs) Give it a hoof up. up. Go on. Come on, hoof up. Yeah, I I think there's got to be some logic to how he's uh, removed from this situation because otherwise it, it... Downplays. Oh, God. You imagine the next episode just begins. They're just eating him. Oh, just, my God. He's just done that. They're Brutal. just eating him. 
and he's screaming. Well, and I wouldn't mind that. But this is the thing. I mean, they're not going to know that he's. There has to be some sort of goodbye scenes with Rick and the people he loves, like because well, I mean, it would be, be heart, horrible. Heart horrible. It, it would be horrible if it wasn't, mm. but that someone's going to have to see him. So if those herds get there, there's going to be nothing left. They'll pick mm. him clean. I don't know. Yeah. I quite like the idea of that. I mean, it's horrible for Rick, poor, poor Rick. Um, but that's, you know, two options. Whisperers take him or, you know, just eat him. Mm. That, is, mm. that is real. Mm. That is the reality of yeah. the apocalypse. They yeah. do their own Game of Thrones-esque thing. Not going to spoil that for anyone who's not seen it. Yeah. But, you know. There's a lot of death in it. So Yeah. yeah. Unexpected deaths in season one. Where it's like, oh man, you never got to something like that. It'd be mental. Yeah. Related to this, one of my favourite parts of the episode actually was um, Michonne in general. I thought so. Talking about like people grieving for Rick if he just gets eaten. Um, I thought she was brilliant in this episode. I really enjoyed um, the the opening, which was very much mirroring Rick from the previous episode, and uh, you know her juxtaposition between going out and getting her sword play mm. <laughs> oh my god that sounds horrendous she's a woman of the night she's a woman of the night um, and then being you know mum yeah loved it I have thought this season they haven't fucked around with the beginning in any way shape or form mm. and then they went and did it this episode uh, I have no problem with it I think it was okay I think it was a bit amateurish in the way that it was done to be honest with you it was very studenty again I, I, I just think they shouldn't fuck around with the way that the beginning is done just yeah. if you're going to do a cold open, just do a standard cold open. Every every season they have to try this new di- directorial technique, mm. or like they delve into some other f- form or, or of storytelling at the front. And it's just like, okay, what you've been doing this season works. Stick to it. Keep that consistency going. And it was a <clears> bit <throat> annoying that they went off piece with this one for me. But I mm. do like the content of it in mm. terms of the fact that she is um, struggling to give up the sword, which is a very important <laughs> point for her. I think so. she's struggling to reconcile the two parts of her, isn't she? You know, the fighter and the... Charter the, maker. I was going to say the lover, but that just sounds wrong. Well, she is a lover um, and a mother. I mean, I get what you mean about the, the technique. But actually, I really liked it. I think it was important because we haven't really acknowledged the fact that Michonne's life has completely changed in the last 18 months yeah. and how she might be <clears throat> dealing with that. Well, this is uh, this is comic Michonne, isn't it? Uh, because uh, like yeah. comic Michonne, she really is struggling to uh, have affection. Um, I won't spoil whatever yeah. relationship she's involved. She's in. just quite reclusive. Yeah, very. She's almost like uh, Carol. Yes, so obviously Carol's. You know. Oh yeah, interesting. She did in the comics at this point. Yeah, oh, she long gone. Um, so yeah, like I don't think it makes much sense in terms of show Michonne. No, because I know they've thrown it in there mm. for a bigger purpose. I never got the impression in the show that she was struggling so much. No. I mean, but then again, we might just not have seen it. I mean, it, but you're right. It's very Carol-like. Um, I think if you think back, though, in the last few episodes, we've not really seen much of her apart from with Rick. Mm. And when we left her in, in season eight, she was still fighting. So she still had part of that, you know, as, as a part of her personality and her life. Whereas yeah. we've jumped 18 months and things have massively changed. Mm. Do you think about it like that? Actually, we're 18 months down the line. Of, of course, we've got to acknowledge the fact that 
things are different. And, you know, you've got to keep your training going. I think they should be training all the time anyway. Like, it's just common sense. Like, you should be, like, taking groups out there to practice killing walkers and all of that sort of stuff. Because the moment you start underestimating them, is that it's going to be the death of you. And, you know, yeah. even Rick, to an extent here, he's had a bit of practice over the last few weeks, the last few months in the show or whatever. Um, he, he, he He makes a miscalculation this episode, which is going to eventually probably be his downfall, mm. uh, which is a shame. So it's important to train at all times and take younger members of the community out to train as well. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to be too soft. <laughs> yeah. Horrible Henry. Homicidal well, Henry. Yeah. Get, him, yeah. get him trained. He is well, I mean, trained. He is trained. He's he fucked that guy up last week. Oh yeah, he did with the bow. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, no. Episode, the, episode two, two yeah. the Shane lookalike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I think Homicidal Henry is probably the best <clears throat> practice person here, apart from Carol. Well, he ends up being the lead of the show, doesn't he? In season, yeah, he's new Rick. season ten. Season ten is just they flash forward ten years. Homicidal <laughs> Henry's done a coup and he's taken over. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Married Could to happen. Enid. So, Michonne and Negan. Their uh, their little dialogue. Mm. So, so we, you enjoyed it, did you? Yeah, I really liked it. So Len and I talked a bit about <clears throat> some stuff comic related a few weeks back, um, and I I really enjoyed their conversations. I think because you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan back, and and that whole the way they set that, you can barely see his face. You've got just like a massive bushy Santa beard. Mm. Um, but I really liked their conversation in the way that. Negan was trying to get kind of in her head, yeah, and uh, and Michonne not really, not really succumbing to it, and and I I thought it was really well done. I we've been wondering for a while who was going to start having conversations with Negan because so far it's just been Rick. Does anyone else get to see him? And mm. and I quite I quite liked it. I thought they played it really well. I thought they bounced off each other quite well as well. But I mean, what about you guys? What do you think? I didn't think it was. Uh as enjoyable as I thought it would be. I kind of... I want Negan to be a little bit more interesting than... I mean, is he manipulating her? Is mm. he... No. He's just bored, isn't he? He just He's wants bored, to talk yeah. to He's people. He's toying with her like a cat. And we'll come on to it a bit more in Comic Corner as well, why I think it doesn't really work as well here. And, yeah. and part of that is to do with the amount of time that's elapsed. Um, you know, mm. it hasn't really been that long for him. I mean, look, into, I know he's been in a cage, and I know that's terrible, but mm. it's only been like eighteen months, nine, you know, nineteen months. Has it even been that long? It has because it's, it's a year and a half, and then it was been about a month or two since episode one. There was a little time jump again, mm. so it, well, he that, must have been in the hospital for a bit as well. So, well, it, yeah, I'm surprised he can still talk. Well, yeah, you know? that is true. Yeah. It's made his voice even more gravelly, and to be fair, his delivery I think is very good in this episode. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk about some of the specifics about it now, but um, yeah, go for it. the conversation talking about uh, can I see her and obviously talking about Lucille. His reaction was fucking mental. Yeah, he is insane. Like the thing mm. is with Negan and, and you know, he is, he is an insane person. He has gone past the brink. Yes, he says things that make sense. And yes, he is logical at times, but he has, you know, it's like Rick's had his moments of insanity when he was getting fake phone calls and all that stuff from Laurie after she died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the phones have been working for like two years yeah, at that point. Um, Hello. So he's obsessed with his uh, Lucille, the mm. bat, uh, mainly because he named it after his wife, as we found out in the previous season, as in the comics. Um, and you get a bit more intel on his wife here. What did you think of that? Yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I mean, it, it, it corresponds to the comic sort of storyline that we mm. got. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, 
and I would actually personally really like a Negan Bottle episode going back to when the outbreak started and, and yeah. the death of his wife. Um, because I think that could happen now. That could happen. And to be fair, it makes perfect sense because if you're locked behind bars, all you'd be doing is running over those thoughts, those initial, you know, the, the well, thoughts of the last time you saw your, your wife who is mm. now gone, especially someone who was so important to him. So I really hope we do get that. Um, but obviously, this whole first half of the season is completely front loaded with Rick stuff. So I'm mm. sure as the season develops over the 16 episode run, we will get mm. uh, a lot more Negan. And they're going to have to use a lot more Negan at this point. Because, Especially when Rick goes. Oh, 100%. It lose, you lose like 30% charisma from the show. Well, no, I mean, look. I mean, Negan's dead, isn't he? He's, he's banging his head against the wall. Yeah, yeah that was mad. That's I was going to ask he's what dumb. you thought. Do you think he's going to kill himself, or do you think he'll just? <clears throat> no, he's just he's just he's just a big burly man who's trying to vent, he? trying to vent. It's like yeah. John, you know, when he's had a couple of beers, he gets home. There's I don't no headbutt a wall. No takeaways available. Fucking headbutting that wall. Well, delivery, isn't it? Anytime. Anytime. Um, In so a there way. you go. Our podcast Our spo- sponsored by Speaking about delivery. <laughs> So convenient when you're drunk and want to hit your head against a wall. Again, I've never hit my head against the wall. I wasn't saying you have. Oh, I'm just saying. That was my one kind of confused niggle about this was the point of, of him smashing his He's head against the wall. He's just insane. I mean, it's because you're not a man, Emma. And I know that sounds bad, but when we lose our temper, we do silly things. Mm-hmm. I've done loads of silly things in my life. Our, you know, one of our other podcasters who's not on The Walking Dead, but if you listen to any other other content, his name is Gareth. <laughs> this and, is harsh. And he is obsessed with attacking walls in a, in a rage. He's mm. broken his foot before. Concrete pillar. Pretty sure he's punched one and really fucked up his hand before. Yeah, no, he broke his hand as well. Yeah, yeah. so he's, um, he's clinically insane also. I just felt it was a little bit too far. Mm. Especially considering he was doing it over a bat. Yeah, but I mean, I get that he's insane. That's, the most, that's his most precious possession. And... and in the comics, you get a far greater sense of how important that item is to him. Mm. Um, in the show, you only sort of got a hint of that last season, and I'm sure you'll get more of that. And, you know, the, the episode opened with seeing Lucille yeah. on the floor. So it, it's still around. It's in the trash pile or something. And, you know, so look, I'm sure he might get reunited with it sometime soon, potentially. No. So what about some of the stuff that we weren't so sure about? The impaled Rick thing really pissed me off, um, yeah. but but that was only just this episode. Uh, something that's bothered me for the whole season so far is the characterization of the saviors. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. It's too, it's too much, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I get it's a comic book, okay, I get it, um, but they're too like evil, like the, too many of them have that like dark hair. Yeah. And like evil stubble yeah. rather it, than a nice soft stubble. Yeah, yeah, it's true. almost kind of caricature it. I thought you said Rick then. Caricaturist, isn't it? In yeah, a way. Like, I mean, it's just like they, they all have that, like the the way their eyes are, and they all try to be dark, and it's all, oh, fuck off, mate. Like, I mean, <clears throat> the thing about the Saviors, and we've we've talked about this for several weeks now, yeah, especially in terms of the comics and saying how they are, they are, there are members of the Saviors who don't like the way that things are going, and that is completely understandable because you've got to think about it, some of these people were like lieutenants for Negan, mm. and they are yeah. actually genuinely dicks. Like last week we got um, the line that they said, uh, to the boy that they murdered, and that's why the Oceanside killed him, like no exceptions and stuff mm. like that. So very, very powerful stuff. Yeah, I've got some good feedback about that as well later on. So there are going to be clearly bad apples in there, and that is why Rick's sort of 
grand design doesn't necessarily work because sometimes there are exceptions to the rule um, that you can't just convert everyone to the to the light side of the force, as it were. <laughs> uh, Hold on, what podcast uh, are I on? Oh, sorry. So yeah, I, I buy it, but there's too many of them that are pissed off. Yeah, there's way too many of them, and how are that many of them still? You well, know this what I mean? is the whole kind of you can suspend your belief to to a certain extent. But if all of them are behaving like that, it it becomes unbelievable. It becomes there is is that slapstick. There is that idea though that you know if there's bad roots, it will spread, and that is completely possible. Like even something like Greg relating back to Gregory and how he was trying to dig his little claws into the hilltop lot Mm. at the start of the season. One bad egg can, if they do it right, can cause a lot of discontent, and I could buy that. But there's certain characters I just don't buy it for. You've got to remember as well. They've lost about five or six saviors just getting absolutely picked off. They're yeah. fearing for their lives. They've got no weaponry because they're not allowed any guns. Wow. So there's parts of it are that are believable, but I just don't like the way it's only happened a year and a half after the events of, you know what I mean? I just yeah. wanted a bit more time. But I, again, like I don't mind them being pissed off. It's just the way they go about it. Like, yeah. you know that- how someone's evil and they're like, they've got a little smirk on their face. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, if if the saviors, if, if it was like, a rebellion, um, and some of it, I mean, they're right to be pissed off about some of the things that are going on. Like, they're, they're right to feel like they're sort of being victimised. They almost need someone, Negan someone, yeah. to make the audience feel sympathetic to them. Because at the moment, it's literally, uh, they're just all evil, well, you that, might as well just kill it, them all. It's that dick who keeps facing off with Carol. Jed. And he isn't. But they're all a bit like that. Yeah, but they? they're all a bit Jed, aren't they? Yeah. Fucking Jed. Yeah, the walking Jed. Oh, very good. <laughs> That's the spin off. Fear the walking Jed. <laughs> the walking Jed. Uh, <laughs> awful. I get what you mean. Um, I also thought that when Jed squared off with Carol again in this oh, episode. Again. Yeah, again, for a start. Obviously, she's going to get the better of him at some point. Mm. Again. Well, she's got <laughs> to, right? Like, she yeah, needs to kill him. Fool me once. Yeah. Fool me twice. You know, it's just. It's, it's just a rehash of that scene, but with yeah. more saviors there. Obviously, it's all gone to shit and guns have been fired. And I'm mm. pretty certain that a lot of those saviors are going to be dead. Yeah. So I don't know how they fix okay. that. I don't know how they fix that. And the saviors are an important community um, in terms of producing certain things like gasoline. And also just um, manpower. And manpower, which is obviously the biggest resource needed for things like the bridge. So, you know... Rick's dream is slowly dying here in this five-episode run. Do you uh, do you reckon there's any significant casualties in the um, no. in that camp? There's no way they'll kill any of the main group. I don't. What think. about um, oh, who's the big guy? Jerry. <gasps> Sorry, yeah, Jerry. No, no, he needs to die on screen. Um, just no, being what a about, walker. Just being a walker. You no, turn what up about there, the he's woman people. he started cracking on with? Oh, oh yeah, she maybe. Can die. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she might die, and then he'll be like, ah, go full. Hulk. Like, oh, he's massive, and he's got an axe. Uh, a big axe as yeah, well. very good. And not like that. No. Um, but he might go a bit, ah, oh, and then someone will be like, oh, no, come on. He's like, oh, actually, no, I believe in Rick. And he'll be like, oh, right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, if he's going to come around to this woman that he's been cracking on with for about six months, then, uh, yeah, good. He never wants some Jerry loving. So, <laughs> not, you know, it's just saying. So, well, I have a podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Want to hear about something I didn't like, guys? No. Uh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, we don't have a choice. I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> 
Jadis and Gaby. And I'm calling her Jadis again. <laughs> it's absolute garbage. Awful. I hate using that pun every week. Every, I thought we'd trash. be done with it. I thought absolute we were trash. done with the trash pile. Mm. Why do we keep going back there? If I see that fucking location one more time, I'm going to lose it. Do you know what annoyed me more? It, so, <clears throat> I thought this episode in general... Um, bar this actually was excellent I really enjoyed it yeah this, kind of this B side's garbage um, I still want to know what A's and B's are we'll come back to that it's so bizarre what pissed me off about this set of scenes though was <laughs> how pathetic Jadis was in that first one like come on don't it, this oh, is I, just a I rehash I forgive you oh I won't I won't let the walker eat you then it's just a rehash pathetic. of the end of last season yes. when she had Negan in exactly the same position mm. and, and the I helicopter thought, was about to come and there was a walker there it was just it was just, it was just stupid and, and, and it's stupid again it annoyed me because I thought Jadis had balls um, but she doesn't she's <laughs> pathetic well, she's no, in a very no confused. Balls whatsoever. She's in a very confused place. I mean, I'm just surprised she didn't strip him naked and paint him a bit more. So, <laughs> dirty. That might have made it better. It actually probably would have. And then mm. that bit with the note, like, Gaby, get a grip, man. Uh, yeah, he. Well, he's not long for this world. Uh, she'll reappear probably season ten or something. Who knows? Yeah. Well, look. I don't know. You've got to answer those questions. I think. I mean, no offense to her uh, or Gaby. But yeah. so there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. No one gives a fuck about them. Literally. Hey, come on, man. I mean, they've had a relationship for about an episode. Exactly. Are you not feeling that? Oh, I'm not. Well, Gaby was. A little hand job on the side there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, no, was it a hand job or a blow job? I think start, start, with, start with the hand job, move on to the blow job. Okay, there this isn't fan critical porno. It's just some advice. Is it not? Uh, right, just some okay. advice. Fan critical no, Put your porno. clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, now I'm um, distracted Gaby's garbage Jadis is garbage uh, their relationship is garbage the scenes are garbage and where their story is going is garbage so overall... and it's based in a garbage pile fucking place somewhere Yeah. I don't give a fuck what the A's and B's are No. I don't give a fuck who she's talking to just delete all of that story yeah they should get that in the cutting room just be like this just isn't working actually is it? no yeah I'll just change that let's make the episode just, a, just let it breathe a little bit with the Rick and Daryl stuff the, the actress will probably just come back as someone else hi I'm Tara oh god oh, what's going on here what? Yeah. I'm an A <laughs> <laughs> let me explain to you the process of A's and B's Gabage Nikki Gabage <laughs> anyway, it's actually quite funny. Uh, so, some of that garbage. Shall we have a chat about Rick and Daryl? So, I've got, got to say, it's a pretty, pretty decent part of this episode. Yeah, I, I'd say probably my favourite bit. I, I know Len, if I had to pick a scene that Len would absolutely love, it would be this B movie style. They fall in a, a massive pit yeah. that Big is old. just stupid. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it leads to. <laughs> <laughs> Some hilarious zombie extras just constantly <laughs> sliding down. That one I mean, that slid down head pit. first was amazing. Fucking hilarious. It looks so much fun. I'd love to do that. <laughs> I'm sure I saw, and you might have to freeze frame it, um, I'm sure one of those zombies had a smile on his face. <laughs> it looked hilarious. Yeah. Um, so they, they, I loved it. Amazing set piece. You're right, John. I loved it. And they were swinging from like side to side. It was wicked. Rick was being cool. Dal was being cool. Uh, they had some great dialogue in there. But I just love the way they've paid homage to Lion King in this episode. <laughs> Literally, Rick is like, take my hand. Yeah. Take oh, my hand. And then take the hand. I love that. I love that line anyway. I'm not comparing Rick to Scar in any way, shape or form. But How would you have reacted if he oh put my... his hand and threw him down there? I thought he was for a split <laughs> second. Oh, God. I thought he was. I thought it was been amazing. full Lion King. Yeah. 
bites I, his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene. It was brilliant. And I also want to know why that fucking massive hole is there. Oh. Um, what I quite liked about it was when Daryl piled up all the walkers to climb on top of them. Yeah, I was well, like, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Why have I, you not done this earlier? I also thought... If they're zombies, that as soon as he stepped on them, he'd like just smash go straight, through them. Go straight yeah. through them. That would have been disgusting. Yeah, we've been talking about zombie what? physics for the last couple of weeks and how they are just falling apart at this point. It's been yeah. pretty gross. Um, it's been pretty gross. So you're right, John. His foot, that would have been cool if he'd like stacked them just, up and his foot just went straight through oh, them. Oh, man, Rick. I need yeah, some more w- walkers down here. <laughs> I'm walkers yeah. here. Um, yeah, and just like Rick, just swing him from side to side. and uh, So went full Jungle Book to Lion King. Darryl, and then... Yeah, Daryl shouting like, heads up! Yeah, heads <laughs> up, dude! Here comes some more, man! <laughs> My yeah, favourite one ridiculous. was the one that dived down head first like he was going down some water, saying, water slide or I'm something. I'm telling you, absolutely watch brilliant. it back, he's laughing. That yeah. extra is laughing. Yeah. I was surprised, actually, when I looked <laughs> after this. <laughs> That it wasn't a Nicotero episode because that's very Nicotero esque for me. So well mm. done, Rosemary. Well good. done. I liked it. Um, there what was... about their conversation as well, though? Yeah, like I almost feel like I'm not guiding you in any direction. But no, but uh, I, I, am. I, I don't know, Len. Like, do, do you feel like um, Rick was kind of bested there? You know what? I thought. Daryl had the upper hand in that argument yeah. because it is a very selfish mm. point of Rick to go, I need to honour Carl. Mm. But then at the same time, Maggie needs to honour Glenn. Yeah. Um, and so does and Abraham. You know, like Rosita needs to honour Abraham and you've got these other characters. Everyone stop honouring everyone. Yeah. But also stop I think... Stop planting some seeds. Like, yeah. Daryl made a great point by saying, you wouldn't be here with us if it wasn't for Glenn. So mm. you've got to think about that. I mean, he yeah. wouldn't have found Carl. But they'd all be dead at this point without Rick. <laughs> And I think the interesting well, thing is, yeah, hundred percent. And I don't. Definitely. And the interesting thing is, like, Glenn, Glenn is a hundred percent one of the people who would have spared Negan. He would have mm. if if it wasn't Glenn that yeah. if Glenn was still alive, he's only killed one human character mm. since the show started, and that was when he stabbed someone in the head. And he started when crying it, about it. As when well. it, yeah, when he raided when he raided the savior complex, mm. he had not killed a human character before that point. Mm. Uh, he'd even spared that dick who jumped off the dumpster with him or whatever. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas, <laughs> fucking Nicholas. You know, and he's an absolute sort, and he just an absolute garbage person. He should live <laughs> with the garbage people. Um, so, he's worse than garbage. So he would have spared me. I think. I think. A good line there would have been you know in your heart daryl glenn would have spared negan as well and i think mm. daryl would have been stumped there and i think that would have been a very interesting piece of dialogue wow. but overall the chat was very good i, I was happy with it and and uh norman reedus fine, excellent he is my second favorite this season yes he's actually getting some <clears throat> some good dialogue and he's he's actually emoting and he's doing things that aren't necessarily selfish he's thinking about maggie here mm. uh, and he's trying to convince rick uh, through dialogue that you know he's wrong about this and they need to find a different way yeah. I'm glad this didn't turn into another uh, bro tiff fisticuffs no, like the, before but the brother line I was, think they're calling it a briff on, a briff on yeah briff. The, 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 bro, the brother line take my hand brother was very Love good mm. um, and exactly what I wanted to hear at that point mm. which is why if he had thrown him back in the pit I would have been devastated yeah. <laughs> I might have laughed take my hand hun sorry, sorry? definitely not now you okay hun um, yeah, I, I thought they were great. And, and you're right, you, Daryl did have the upper hand in that conversation and there could have been some stuff that went through about him, but I thought it was really important and, you know, they'll now never get the chance to... They'll never, re- they'll never resolve it, I don't think. No. I don't think they're never going to get a chance to resolve it and that is no. a tragedy and it's a sad tragedy because, you know, the last thing they say to <laughs> um, each other is... Stay safe. Stay safe. And the moment he said that, I was like, well, 
something's going to go something's wrong. wrong here, 100%. Mm. Also, question, where was Daryl going? He's going back to the camp to yeah. break up the fight. And, and uh, Rick's yeah. leading the walk because if they both went, the herds would follow. And he doesn't want to lead the herd to the bridge. Mm. So he's trying to lure every, the herds away. And that's when he, Eugene, earlier in the episode, giving some, once again, questionable dialogue um, <laughs> with the Shakespearean named herds. There they both are. And now they're merging. So Unbelievable. Right. I'm going to bring up something, you know, pretty controversial, Uh-oh. as I do. Uh, I said this in the first episode. And the nonsense of the ending of this episode makes me feel even stronger. I don't think they're going to kill Rick off. I like, mm. I just maybe it's uh, you know the desperation in me that they how can they kill him off? I just I feel like it's all pointing in the wrong direction. It doesn't feel right. Too d- obvious. I don't think it feels right. I agree with you, um, but I don't see there's any way of him. Just leaving now, unless like you know another yeah. community comes and takes him. But you know, next week's episode is the episode where he apparently leaves the show. Mm. Um, it's obviously set up that way; everyone can see that here. I uh, made a, a a bold prediction last season when I said mm. I felt like Carl was going to be killed off. Yeah, which was oh, definitely not. No way, man! Oh my yeah. god! And then dead. Anyway, it shouldn't be. Um, but yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened. So this is a bit uh, of a departure from our usual structure, but let's talk about what we think is going to happen next episode. I mean, you said you don't think he's going to die. No. What, what do you think is going to happen in what comes after? <laughs> Where back after? Um, a terrible line from last season. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, is next week going to be his last episode of the season? Uh, yes. Ne- next week is also when... Um, and this is not a spoiler, it's very well, and we've said it throughout the season, that characters like Herschel and Shane have filmed scenes and Sasha, and they're all in next, next week's episode. Mm. Next week's episode, you saw Rick uh, fall asleep there, uh, or, or like pass out at the when those two herds are approaching. Guarantee uh, that it will be flashback time, and hey, he'll be in his own mind for is, a little while. Is what comes after what comes after death? Well, well that would just be stupid. Just in heaven in a, in a trash yard. Seeing yeah. Shane in heaven, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. No, definitely not. Maybe he's going to hell. I don't think Rick is also going to heaven, to be honest with you. He's done a lot of questionable Probably. things. Hey, come on now. But I love him. But yeah. He's done some questionable things. I um. So what's the mid-season break? Episode what? Seven, eight? Eight. Eight. Eight's, eight. eight's the finale. Right. Or so mid-season finale. I think the next three episodes will all be set like concurrently, I don't think we'll get any like breaks in the day and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be like two weeks later. No. Or... So you're saying it could we we could maybe revisit Rick on episode. I think eight. we could see Maggie, mm. um, get to Alexandria and just be there until the end of the mid season. <clears throat> yeah, very. I would possible. say very interesting. Possible. I just I don't think enough time is going to pass. It'd be funny next week when it's like four weeks later. <laughs> Like, oh, Rick's on. still yeah. there. So yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd say that, but uh, we'll soon find out, won't we? We will, and I'm very much looking forward to next week. Uh, Going to wake up super early and watch it here as soon as I can in the UK. So how exciting! Well, I think that's it in terms of uh, episode coverage. So now it's time for us to move on to Comic Corner and our listener feedback. So if you don't want any comic spoilers, switch off now, come back next week. If you do, stick with us as I hand reins over to Len. Don't fall off, mate. 
Hello, and once again, welcome to Comic Corner. However, once again, we are left with hardly any comic material this week because I am. What is the point of this corner? corner. Um, that's the new musical interlude. <laughs> no, um, so I thought we could talk about a couple of things because basically this whole storyline has been made up with the bridge and you know little elements there. Uh, it's amazing I, that stories are made up. Well, no, when you've got such amazing source material, it is interesting. Uh, I thought we'd be getting some new characters as well by this point. I thought yeah. we might be seeing the Whisperers. There are some great characters in the comics who get introduced to our group, and it's mm. a great way that we see the community after such a significant time jump. Um, you just sort of follow these characters from the start of the you know new world sort of section. So mm. I think we can discuss the Michonne and Negan stuff here because. These, as we were saying, were originally intended for Carl. Uh, and as we've been saying, who is going to be having these chats with Negan, right? Because in the yeah. comics, as John knows, because he's read them as well, mm. uh, the chats between Carl and Negan and the way that Carl has a very special relationship with Negan is extremely important in the comics, I yeah. think. And it's one of the most interesting parts of dialogue in the comics is their discussions in the cells. Well, this is something that I was sort of alluding to earlier and I didn't want to give any spoilers for those who didn't want it, but I'm really interested to get your opinion on how it compares, well, from both of you to the comics because we talked about Michonne being maybe the most likely candidate to replace Carl. Mm, I think it's... That's my opinion. I, I, mean, I didn't really think about Michonne being one of the candidates for it, but I actually think in the end it ended up being a good choice because she is someone who... We still emotionally have a very strong connection to mm. and we need it to be someone that we have an emotionally strong connection to because of the content yeah. um, that they're discussing even in this episode about dead kids and dead wives um and now that, yeah i know it's disgusting and now that yeah. and now that carl is dead it's another dead child that she's you know mothered to an extent so mm. so i i think it's the only character in hindsight they could have gone with obviously they could have done with more rick here but he's going so it's important that they have someone to have this strong dialogue with and Michonne looks like is going to be Negan's protector right mm. I mean it, it looks like you know Maggie's going there uh, and she's going to need to stand up for him in a way and I think they had some sort of connection this episode similar to the Carl connection in the way that mm. there's sort of a mutual respect there there's there's, there's an understanding there and, and I kind of get it so I'm happy that they have found a way <clears> to <throat> get some of the comic material um, and give it to an to a character who I think is still very important. Also, just want to say, uh, nice callbacks to Glenn in this week's episode too. And we mentioned it in the main cast there about how he saved Rick all those episodes and comic issues ago, uh, which is very true. The, he, you know, saved him from the city of Atlanta, saved him from the tank, got him out of there uh, and has pretty much been or was uh, one of the rocks of the group for a long time, especially in the comic as well as the show. So mm. it was nice to get some good comic and you know, season one callbacks. And we've had a few of them this season. Yeah. And uh, I think it was just nice to to get a bit more of it. And it just contextualises everything they've been through and how far they've come as a group. Mm. And it's important to, to remember that when you read the comics or when you watch the show. So mm. very good stuff. And on that note, that's it for Comic Corner. Next week, who knows, maybe some stuff. Probably not because it's all Rick-centric. And Definitely he's not. still very alive in the, uh, <laughs> in the comics. So. Not ever going to kill him off. Yes, you know. We're on issue 182 and he's still kicking uh, and screaming to an extent. So uh, we're going to move on to listener feedback. Thank you for writing in, everyone. And if you would like to get in touch with us, either reply to any of our social posts. Our Instagram is fan underscore critical. Our Facebook is fan space critical. Search for us there. And our Twitter is at fan critical pod. Um, or you can email us. Just email us at 
fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. We're very good on there. We respond to emails quite quickly. We want to hear your theories and thoughts on the season so far. A couple of pieces of feedback this week. Uh, wanted to start off uh, with Crystal, who has emailed to say, uh, and she sent us an article. Now, I have to say this, guys. She sent us an article talking about, obviously, the fact that Shane is coming back this season, the John Berthnell cameo. And we've been mentioning it this season, and we've been saying how Shane, Herschel, and these guys are coming back. I'm sorry, Crystal, I couldn't read the whole article because I'm very scared of spoilers. I get spoiled all the time on social media, uh, and when I when I put <laughs> when I put things out, and it, it scares me. Yeah. So I, I I I scanned the article, but I did not read it all. I'll stop doing that. I uh, you know I like spoiling things for Please you. Please don't spoil me. Um, <laughs> Spoily warning. Spoily. So thanks, Crystal. Thanks for that, and thanks for the article. Next up is Elizabeth Nikolaevich on Facebook, and she had this to say: Negan has affected. Everyone, all the communities, but not to the extent that Maggie has been affected by Negan, nor Oceanside in such a personal manner. Not even Rick, for that matter. Simon, whether he was blessed by Negan or not, had the brother killed uh, with the other men. So that's obviously a callback to last week's episode. Uh, And Negan, when he killed Glenn, said no exceptions. Now, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. Now, that is a very powerful piece of dialogue to Maggie then, isn't it? Yeah. If... Negan said that before he killed Glenn. And then she hears that with the saviour who's about to be executed. What a powerful juxtaposition that is. And that I genuinely believe that would have turned her away from the path of Rick to something else. Because mm. that is that is grim if that's the case. So I think that's a very good comment. And thanks for writing in with that, Elizabeth. That is awesome. Uh, and next up, another Len uh, has written in. And this is a funny, this is a funny point. So we're going to do it. Um, Apparently, we should post uh, more photos of the gang online. And, I, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. You don't know the face of anger that we have to deal with in, in John um, every well, I've week. I've not been angry this season. No, you've been no. all right. What are you Yeah. yeah. I've, <laughs> get, I've been uh, drugging him with some antidepressants. Uh, <laughs> well, that's anti- just depressing, a- isn't it? Yeah, well. Or anti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we are going to be starting to put a few more faces to the voices on our social channels. So uh, look out for that. And cheers for writing in, Len. Uh, really appreciate it. My kindred spirit, another Len. So very good. Uh, and that's it this week for listener feedback. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. Uh, and please do send us your theories or any thoughts on anything that we're doing at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Cheers, guys. So that's it for this week. Looks like episode five is going to be the big one. And uh, hopefully should answer some of the questions we've had since way back in season eight. Um, so... Thanks, everyone, for your feedback. Thanks, guys, for for getting your opinions in here today. Subscribe, listen in next week, and send us your feedback and theories. We'll be sure to talk about them after our uh, general review and comic corner next week. And uh, all that's left to say now is thanks to John. Thank you. And Len. Thanks, Em. Just want to say, check out our Halloween content on Halloween. The review of Halloween. um, And also Misery, that same uh, day or the day after perhaps uh, it will be very good scary content for everyone Ooh. out there at this spooky time of the year so see you, see you next week indeed uh, so thanks everyone and uh, yeah see you this time next week see ya bye bye
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.